0: Tennis fans and welcome to another edition of Matchpoint Canada, the official podcast of Tennis Canada. We're also members of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm Ben Lewis, joined alongside Mike McIntyre and Mike, the focus obviously for the upcoming week, we have the Billie Jean King Cup finals um, going from Prague and of course we're focusing in particular on Team Canada presented by Sobeys.
1: Yeah, and for this uh, tie, this competition, there are a few familiar faces missing in action uh, for the Canadians, of course, with Bianca Andrescu and Leila Annie Fernandez recovering from their busy seasons. Uh, also, team captain Heidi El Tabak is not going to be there on site as she's getting ready for her upcoming wedding. Uh, but interim captain Sylvain Bruno, who we're all very familiar with, has assembled a very solid crew uh, who are happy to play the role of underdog in Prague.
0: Yeah, and um, for for those who don't know, just looking at the team here, we have Rebecca Marino, who's going to be the top-ranked player in singles, Carol Zhao, Francois Abanda, and then, of course, Gabby Dabrowski leading the squad for doubles. And I, I just want to say, I think in prior years, Uh, for Canada and installments of team competition, whether it's Fed Cup, um, now called Billie Jean King Cup, or on the men's side with Davis Cup, if we were missing our top two singles players, it would feel like an absolutely hopeless proposition because normally Canada would be going in, I think, as more of an underdog country to begin with. But I I still feel like there's a decent amount of firepower on this team, even if Bianca and Layla aren't there. And then you think about the future years, um, how much promise this squad will have with those two faces
1: yeah I think uh, despite not being at full health there is some reason for cautious optimism Um, I think we can give the the French team in our pool um, a decent run the Russians are going to be difficult of course and only one of the three teams can advance to the semifinals with the way the competition is set up but with the four players that you mentioned that we have we've got one of the best doubles players in the world in Gabby Dabrowski and And we've got Rebecca Marino, who has proven to be a giant killer already over the past year with some big, big victories over top-ranked opponents. So on an indoor court, fast court, uh, I think that will sort of work to Rebecca's strengths. Uh, I do think she's going to have to seriously carry the team um, in both singles and potentially teaming up with Dabrowski in doubles, which uh, is going to be a lot of tennis potentially for Marino. And then hopefully Abanda or Carol Zhao can come in and, uh, and steal one as well. Both of them have played for Canada before and have uh, proven to, to get some key points at time. So it's going to kind of take everything sort of aligning, I think, for the Canadian team to emerge from this pool. Uh, but I don't think it's out of the question that we're, we're in contention, at least.
0: Yeah, look, I, I agree with that. And, um, you know, we spoke to a couple key key people uh, for this episode and um, the interim captain for the squad for this year is Sylvain Bruneau. Of course, uh, we know him well as a coach of Bianca Andrescu, No longer in that role, but still plays a vital role coaching Canadian tennis. And uh, he's stepping in for Heidi Eltebach, who you mentioned is getting set for a wedding. So she's unavailable. I had the chance to speak with Sylvain Bruneau. And I, I think we should just listen into the conversation because we kind of broke down uh, the squad and the pieces there and, and his expectations in Prague. You are listening to Match Point Canada, the official podcast of Tennis Canada. I'm Ben Lewis, and happy now to be joined uh, by tennis coach Sylvain Bruneau, who's getting the opportunity to captain uh, the Canadian women's team uh, at the Billie Jean King Cup competition. Sylvain, thanks so much uh, for joining me on the podcast. My pleasure. Yeah, we appreciate it. And um, obviously, um, this wasn't expected because we've seen Heidi Eltebach in this role. But um, just the getting this opportunity to, to step in and captain uh, the Billie Jean King Cup squad, what does that mean for you?
2: Well, it means a lot because I've done this for a long time. I was coach for that team from 2004 to 2010 and then captain from 2010 to 2018 then I stopped working with Bianca and Heidi took over and then I guess it's going back to what I used to do it's just for that one tie because Heidi's getting married so I'm trying to help her (laughs) uh, make it to her wedding Uh, but I love team events I love representing Canada I love working as a team with the girls and try to help them I like the part where you're on court with the girls during the matches so it's a lot of fun to go back to it
0: and um yeah you mentioned obviously um this being a one-time thing stepping in for Heidi Eltebach uh she's of course done such a great job in this role as well the past couple of years have you been um in sort of constant communication a- about the role and um yeah how how often are you speaking with her just uh about the task at hand
2: very much so she's gonna miss being there because you, you're right she's done really well since 2018 the girls have had some really really nice wins and um it's- so we've, we've been talking since she took over from Fed Cup captain. And now with me going to this trip, we've been exchanging about team selection, objectives, how to go about things. Very much so she's very uh, involved every step of the way. She's just not going to be there. I guess physically she'll, she'll be there in spirit. But um, it's it's a joy to work with her. She's a former player. I used to work with her when she was playing, I help her out. And then to see her grow as a coach and as a captain has, has just been a lot of fun,
0: yeah. And uh, we're we're looking forward to to you stepping in in the role as, as well here in Prague. Have to ask about the team itself because, uh, of course, you know the two top singles presences aren't going to be there with Bianca Andreescu and, and Leila Fernandez. Um, what are your expectations though for the group you you do have here?
2: Yeah, I get a lot of that because I mean Bianca, Layla, actually also Ginny aren't going to be part of the team, uh, which is you know they're all three. Very good players, accomplished players, and it will have been helpful to have them part of the team. But this is how it goes with team events. Sometimes players are not available for whatever reasons. Uh, But I have full confidence, full trust with the players who are going to be there. Rebecca Marino loves playing for Canada. She's excellent indoor on fast-forward. So I think those are going to be great conditions for her. Uh, Françoise Zabanda has done really well in the past representing Canada in this same format of team event. It seems like it gets the best out of her every single time. So I hope that's going to be, she's going to do her magic again in Czech Republic. And Carol Zao loves team event. And then we've got Gabriela Debrous, who's I think in, I don't know how many years, she's 10 years or so. She's never, I think she's missed one tie. So she's very, and we know she's a doubles legend, like a super, super good in doubles. So I think we've got a really good team. And I, obviously some are missing, but I, I want to say the conditions there are good for us too because it's being played indoor. And those are, you know, I mean, the girls have been brought, you know, raised indoor from like November to March their entire life. So it's just good conditions for them.
0: Yeah, certainly. Um, I, I did want to follow up uh, about Rebecca Marino as I was speaking with uh, Marie-Yves Pelletier uh, actually just earlier in the week uh, about her rise and um, now, you know, a, a player who previously played, I think, for this roster in the first installment of her career when she's younger. And, and now it feels like she's kind of the veteran presence of this group. Do, do you sort of lean on her as as one of the leaders of this team and kind of trying to guide the guide the squad in singles, do you think?
2: Well, she's, she, for sure. Well, Rebecca is not a, you know, she doesn't speak that much. She's very quiet, but she's, she's going to lead by example. She's very, she works hard. Every single practice, she goes at it from start to finish. When she comes, she does the same and she's going to just give it at all. So I know that just by her presence or calm. And uh, I think she's going to show the example, but, as I said, the other three have been there before and they're also very accomplished. So I think I'm going there with four girls who are, you know, have a lot of experience and for sure, Rebecca is the number one rank and she's going to be our number one player and she's going to play very probably. She's going to be our lead up players for singles and she might be also the partner for Gabby and doubles. We'll see. We'll use the next four or five days when we get in Czech Republic with Natalie Tozia to determine exactly who fits where
0: yeah certainly uh, tough decisions to make i wanted to ask you about uh the two teams who are in the group france and uh, the russian tennis federation um I, I look at russia specifically with a couple of terrific players pavlo who um earlier this season made such an incredible run at the french open daria Kasatkina. um what do you make of these two rosters and uh I, I guess how do you not get too caught up in um a couple of the superstars who are on those teams
2: well, I mean, it's when you are in the world group, you got to expect that. And, and for sure, we're going to be neglected on paper for sure. And we're going to be playing girls who had some really, really good results. We mentioned Pavly Kova, and the French team as well. I mean, the French team is going to be really tough. Uh, first thing we're going to be playing on that Monday what you can, what you want to do and what you accomplish and what your objectives. I think it's a great opportunity. This is the way I look at it because we were not supposed to be there. We were lucky to get hungry. We had to withdraw because of the change of location. We were the next country in. We got a, an incredible experience, incredible opportunity. And I think it's to go there and, you know, Go after it. And you know what? I think I've mentioned that before. Like, just like last August, for example, Rebecca beat two top 30 players. She beat Bedosa, who's like the red Up player right now on tour. And she beat Madison Keys. And Francoise, as I said, has this history as well to do really well. And uh, with top players. So, you know, I'm not going to lie. We're on paper. We're neglected. We're... But who knows? It's a team event. And sometimes you need to put the ranking aside.
0: Yeah, and um I, I think there's also so much a promise. You you look in the future years if if this roster does have Bianca Andrescu, Leila Fernandez, maybe Jeannie Bouchard also makes a return. Um, Canada is looking like a, a very dangerous competitor in these team competitions. Um, just for Bianca and Layla, uh, can you speak to the two of them? Maybe are, are they still probably in a good place physically? We we got kind of got the sense that I guess they couldn't make it here after just sort of a long and and tough season.
2: It's it's been a tough season because of because of the situation with COVID and bubbles and uh, you know with Janko, For in Australia, we had to do this with She got it's been very difficult physically and mentally. Uh, and then with Leila playing so well at the US Open, this is new for her. all, all this. You know, it's a new experience, and it's very demanding physically, but also mentally, and even afterwards. So I, you know, I know that both of them love representing Canada. I have no doubt. Uh, I, I know that for a fact, and I know they're they're going to miss it, and they've been very clear that you know they they made that decision, but it's a tough decision. Uh, but as you said earlier. The goal is to have depth is to have more than one or two players. If we're going to be really successful in this, in this kind of competition, you need to have more than one or two players who are able to fit in and play their role. And, you know, as you know, in charge of women's tennis in Canada, this is what I'm really hoping for that we've got enough players, a pool of players that sort of like can share uh, representing the country and, and do well, but for sure, we're going to miss them. There's it's, Yes, but Rebecca, Françoise, Carol, and Gabby are going to do great. I know that for a fact.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we certainly, I can't wait to watch them. I, I just have one question uh, before I let you go. Um, because, of course, uh, you and Bianca had such a terrific partnership with you in the, the coaching role, and that has changed. What are your plans, do you think, um, in coaching in the future? Have you considered at all making a return to the tour to coach another player one-on-one?
2: No, I had a few opportunities to do so. And, uh, you know, I'm helping Canadian players, Tennis Canada. We have a really good group of girls here in Montreal at the National Tennis Center. And it's part of my duty uh, to sort of like be part of, you know, uh, trying to help them make the transition to, to pro tennis. And this has been since June. This has been my homework. This has been what I've been dedicated myself to and I really like it I've not missed the travel I must say I've enjoyed being with my family I have two daughters and a wife so being home since June has been terrific I'm happy to go in Prague to represent my country but I'm very happy being in Montreal working hard here and try to develop the future players I'm very fulfilled with this so no plan to go on the tour for now
0: Okay, that, that sounds great. Well, we uh, look forward to your role as uh, interim captain uh, at the Billie Jean King Cup, and uh, I know all our listeners and fans will be rooting for Canada. So, uh, Sylvain, thanks so much for joining us. Cheers. There you have it, my interview with Sylvain Bruneau, the interim captain of Team Canada presented by Sobeys as they get set for the Billie Jean King Cup finals in Prague. And uh, look, you can't do much better than Sylvain Bruneau being an interim kind of captain in this scenario. I, I'd say I'd say they're in pretty good hands.
1: Yeah, he's got so much experience with this group. As he mentioned in that chat with you, he's been working with these players for years and years. He even uh, coached Heidi El-Tabak back in the day as well, the current captain. So there's that familiarity with the players. There's that respect for what he brings to the table. Um, I, I like the term he used, how uh, Team Canada is neglected on paper is how he put it. And uh, I think that's absolutely true, that we could come in and and surprise, hopefully be taken lightly by uh, France and the Russian Tennis Federation, and then use the experience that we have at our disposal to uh, to get some key wins there. Um, I mean, when you look at those two squads that we're going to be facing, France and the Russian Tennis Federation, which one to you do you think poses the biggest challenge for Canada and, and how we match up with those two?
0: Yeah, look for me. It's it's hands down the Russian Tennis Federation, and uh, I think they're probably without a doubt the strongest uh, group, uh, strongest team of this group. And I'll just run down the names for you on both rosters. Russian Tennis Federation featuring Anastasia Pavlochenkova uh, Daria Kasatkina. A Victoria Kudermatova, We have Ekaterina Alexandrova and Samsonova there as well to fill out the roster. Then with France, Caroline Garcia, Elise Cornet, uh, We also have Fiona Farrow and Clara Burrell as well. Um, so I, I look at the roster and Russia, they're supporting um, just those first four names. That is four top 40 players. Uh, of course, Pavlachenkova, I think, is the name that's standing out to everyone. She's had a fantastic season. She's up to number 12 in the world. Made the semifinals at the French Open. Very, very dangerous player. And I think hard courts is, just, you know, she made the semis of the French, but I think hard courts suits her style of play. Daria Kasatkina, like a very solid kind of top 20 to top 30 player. Kuder Matova has sort of more emerged the past couple of seasons. Um, so they have a lot of depth. France, I think, honestly, though, is a bit more vulnerable. I look at Caroline Garcia, former top 10 player, but she's uh, ranked in the seventies right now. Um, so is Clara Burrell, Elise Cornet might actually be the best singles player on that roster. So I, I think if Canada can find an edge on either of these two teams for me, uh, they could, could really push France.
1: Yeah. France. I don't find intimidating at the moment. They don't have a, a- female singles player in the top 50 right now, which I was kind of surprised when I was looking through the, the ranking, Cornet being the highest at, I believe, number 60 or 61. They are the defending champs from 2019 in this competition, but that was a long time ago, and in many ways, so much has changed since that time. Um, and so I, I don't know if you can really consider that any momentum or, or an extra you know added uh, positive for them coming into competition. The Russian team definitely scares me, but you know to point out some positives... Uh, Pavlyuchenkova is three and four since the U S open and lost to Layla Fernandez and in Indian Wells. So hopefully that Canadian, you know, uh mental block is, is there as she faces team Canada and for Casa she's barely played since the U S open. She's only gone one and two with a few matches in the past week or so. So hopefully the fact that they don't have any momentum, not a lot of match play under their belts that could work to our advantage. Um, for the Canadian team, Francoise Abanda actually played against Garcia at the National Bank Open back in the summertime and lost 7-6-6-4, which was a very respectable scoreline considering it had been over six months since Francoise had last played a match at that point. So uh, Abanda has a ton of talent, and and she's the one that, I don't know how you feel, and we don't have any insider information at this point, but I would see her maybe having the inside track on the second singles position. Um between her and Zhao, they're both ranked about 330th in the world right now. But I think Francoise, um, you know, did have a higher ceiling, perhaps, still only 24 years old. And she's come in clutch for Canada before in international play. In particular, there was the tie in uh, 2017 where she got a couple of big wins in a 3 2 victory against Kazakhstan, beating uh, Shvedova and Seva, who were, uh, you know, pretty tricky opponents. So I think even with limited match play Abanda can uh, you know really harness the excitement of playing for her country and I think uh, could be an interesting one in that number 2 singles role for uh, the Canadian team
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. Um, For Carol Zhao, this has been a comeback season of sorts. She was planning to come back from an injury in 2020, but that plan essentially got halted by by COVID-19 and the pandemic. So they pushed that back to 2021. And she also had nice results at the front end of the season in ITF. She, I believe, won an ITF title. She was in the finals of another one. So building kind of steady progress to find her game again. And she's at least been getting um, solid, I think, match experience sort of, playing a few tournaments here. Of course, uh, she played, um, at the national bank open in Montreal. She was also at the Silicon Valley classic. So she's been bouncing around getting match play. Um, the results have been kind of iffy at times. So, uh, as you said, Francois Banda, we've seen like high, high level tennis from her in the past kind of nearing that top 100 ranking. She is very capable. I, I like her chances in a team environment as well. Um, for me, I, I think it, it really is sort of resting on the shoulders. though though of what can Rebecca Marino do? Um, and we've seen her capable in the past. And I was thinking of what she did for team Canada, uh, back in April when this team was battling against Serbia in the tie, she had that huge win over Nina Stojanovic at the time, who was in around 75th in the world. And Marino was outside the top 200 now. And, um, she's now inside the top 150 and that's the results of uh, what's been a fantastic season.
1: Yeah. And if you look at all three of the singles players on the Canadian team, there's sort of something to prove there. I think for Carol Zhao and Francois Abanda wanting to justify the inclusion on the roster and say, Hey, we appreciate you. you coming to us despite our singles rankings being kind of lower at the moment, but uh, let's use this opportunity to remind folks what we're capable of as both those players no doubt want to get back towards the top 100 in the game, 150 in the game. And for Rebecca Marino, who's uh, been giant killer this year at times, uh, she wants to prove she belongs inside that top 100. And I think a strong result here in the Billie Jean King Cup could go a long way towards showing the rest of the world uh, that she definitely belongs there. So I think all these players, you know, these comeback players, if you will, uh, have a lot to show. And, and Gabby Dabrowski, let's not forget in doubles, gives Canada... Um, you know that that extra special level of talent when it comes to uh, two on two and um, despite maybe not having as much match play with the the potential options here on the Canadian team right now I think she can adapt with anybody and she's very comfortable with all these women having played with them uh, over the years at one point or another.
0: Yeah look I I think the big factor with Gabby Dabrowski is um... Anytime we we have a doubles tie, I feel like against either of these squads, she's going to be the best doubles player on the court at all times. I think she's the best doubles option out of all three of these teams. So that's a big weapon, and I hope it can be a difference maker for Canada. Um, Sylvain Bruno, one of two guests um, for this episode. I also had a chance to speak with Marie-Yves Pelletier, and um, Canadian tennis fans may remember her as a former player. She did reach a career high of and six. She peaked back in 2005, had a lot of experience playing a team competition, Fed Cup, and she's played with many of these uh, girls in the past and now coaches as well. She's also a tennis analyst for TVA Sports. So we talked a bit about the squad as well, her expectations um, in Prague. Here's my interview with Marie-Yves Pelletier. Happy to be joined right now by former Canadian tennis player, Marie-Yves Pelletier. Uh, Marie, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and uh, spending your time with us and happy to chat a bit about the uh, Billie Jean King cup squad with you.
3: Ah, oh, thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to, to be here with you.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, we appreciate you taking the time and, um, just, uh, looking at the roster as uh, Canada is getting set, um, for Billie Jean King cup. Obviously we had a couple changes. Layla Fernandez, of course, our U S open finalist, can't play. Bianca Andreescu is unavailable. Um, but, you know, this event has so much history. I know you've played many times. What do you think of the current roster that the Canada is sending?
3: Well, obviously it's kind of tough, I guess, without, uh, Bianca and Leila, like the dynamic of the team, like we go maybe from a team where really hard to beat, maybe one of the top, top team up there and without them, then obviously, uh, I think Canada becomes like a underdog kind of team where mm-hmm. I think we, we can, they can upset like any country, but all the time, the players are going to have to be players higher ranked, So obviously much harder.
0: Yeah, it's certainly a challenge and, uh, we will have uh, great players there as well, though. Rebecca Marino, Carol Zhao, Gabby Dabrowski and Francois Abanda. Um, you know, you spent a lot of your career playing Fed Cup. Uh, looking back, you played from 2002 through 2008, then additionally in 2010 and 2012. Um, for you, when you were a pro, where did you rank it in terms of importance on your calendar?
3: Uh, it was always important for me to play uh, for Canada and always fun as well. Like I remember all the time, I know when there was a time uh, tie coming up, uh, I wanted to make sure my ranking was up there. So I had good chances of being picked by the captain and uh, all the time would be waiting for, for the call to see if we made the team. And I always had my fingers crossed hoping I, I'd be picked. I just um, love playing as a team, the dynamic also. And it um, was just a different uh, kind of week compared to all the other weeks uh, of the year where we're on our own like we'd have a big team. We had the physio, the masseuse, uh, and all the coaches, the fitness coach, and just like fun dinners. And also like the competition is like the emotion are way up high, like whether it's good or bad, like I've played well and I've played bad. I've been through both. and um, it's amazing when you have a great performance and it's so heartbreaking when it's a tough one, but, uh, that's what we play for. I guess, lots of adrenaline and, uh, to be able to share also the victories with many people, that makes it very special because usually you win a tough match, it's great, but you on the phone with the one close to you, like uh, rarely they can travel, like the whole team. So to have everyone there to be able to share with, with them, that, that makes it uh, that much more fun
0: yeah that's certainly what I appreciate the most I think of these team competitions that you have that environment that um, you know you as professional players don't get to experience throughout the rest of the season where you're kind of playing for yourself but now you're playing for a team um, when you did play was was there generally like a a bit of a leadership structure within the team like would you be leaning on one player and kind of listening to their advice often or or how did that dynamic normally work
3: uh It depends really like um Obviously, I went through, I guess, changing of the guards. Like, I, when I came up when I was 17, 18 for the first stars, I was the youngest one by probably eight or 10 years, like, it was probably Yana Nyedli, uh, Sonia G. Sealand, Maureen Drake, uh, uh, just to name a few. And then from when I think I was 21, that was like I was always the rookie, the, the youngest one, and then all of a sudden I was the oldest one the following year right. with Alexandra Wozniak coming on the team, Stephanie Dubois. Uh, so um, I guess it depends on the year who's playing there, but uh, I think the captain has a is the one probably leading the most, more most more than the players. But it would depend like if you have it's like in any sports, you no, know, depends on the personality personality of the players who's going to take the lead and bring bring the make it fun and want the the, make it so the players want to give their best and play their best like give it their all or you know like it doesn't happen often but sometimes it can be bad like environment also or whatever like you want to make it a positive week and Mm -hmm. just to have the players be able to play their best tennis yeah
0: Yeah, I I wanted to ask you about a a few of the players on this roster because, uh, as you mentioned, when you started your Fed Cup career, you felt like the rookie, and then probably later in the career that shifted. And I think the example for that on this team is canadian rebecca marino because of course she had the the first stage of her career when she was younger had so much great success um took the five years off and has made a return and, and now she is really the veteran of this team what have you made of her return to tennis and the ability to play so well um coming back after you know five years without playing
3: yeah it's amazing i mean i actually played with rebecca uh, in fed cup as well against serbia i remember she pulled out a a great win if my memory is correct and uh, to uh, have her back is and playing this well is like I am so happy to see her back, back on court having so much fun competing at the high level uh, I've watched her matches at uh, at Montreal this summer where she beat I think top two players in the top 40 so when she's serving and she's aggressive and uh, just enjoying her tennis and having a like strong game style. Like she's very dangerous and on, on fast indoor. Uh, really, she can beat anything, anyone on a good day. And she is a good leader. I've seen her on court with the at the National Center here in Montreal. She comes and trains with the younger ones and uh, she's really open and generous, like always trying to help or share her experience. So uh, I'm sure she's a great uh, teammate to have.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly. And um, you have a lot of experience also playing alongside Gabby Dabrowski, I know, in, in doubles, you guys have notched a few titles back in 2011, 2012. And um, you, you look at the run she produced this summer in, in doubles alongside a Brazilian partner in Luisa Stefani, they were playing just unbelievable tennis. What makes her so dangerous on a doubles court?
3: Yes, I've had the chance to play with uh, Gabby when she was uh, arriving on tour and she was a great partner for me and uh, to now see her win like so many tournaments and do well again this year, this summer at the net, she takes so much room, she puts so much pressure on the opponents when she's at the net, like she crosses so often, she's faking, she can, she's really fast around the court uh, and good hands and mixing uh, mixing a lot with the lob also when she's at the back. So she's very hard to predict. And uh, like I would say, uh, singles players that go and play doubles sometimes, I'd say in Fed Cup, they won't like to play against her because she's gonna get them outside their comfort zone for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She certainly has a great presence at, at, the net. Another player on this roster and she's from Quebec and we've seen success from her in the past is Francoise Abanda. And of course, uh, I think uh, the door is open for an opportunity for her here without Layla and Bianca playing. Um, we, we saw great tennis from her a few years ago and it just felt like injuries have set her back. Uh, are you in contact with her? Do, do you know where her level is at right now?
3: Yeah. Uh, well- Last time I was on court with her, I think, in the end of August, the the beginning of September, and she was striking the ball really well. I've seen her practice with Rebecca uh, also. And um, obviously, she hasn't had enough matches this year to really know where her level is and, like, have her confidence and her uh, momentum going. But as we've seen in the past, like, she's capable of playing so well when playing for Canada or in front of a big crowd. So – she can be a good asset, like a surprise asset to have for Canada to play some of the top players. Uh, she's like great hands and uh, she can really rally hard, flat balls from the baseline. So, uh, yeah, um, I think if like she, I don't know, get that switch on whenever she plays for a Fed Cup or when she's uh, playing like for her country or big crowd, she can really uh, bring her level up so she could be dangerous
0: yeah and I, I hope she gets that opportunity to contribute uh Toronto's Carol Shaw will also be playing just wanted to ask about your role um in, in tennis these days you had a great career and now it still feels like you're very involved in in the sport um are you coaching frequently at, out of the tennis center in Montreal and and uh on, on what side are, are you really working in the sport these days
3: yeah, uh, well, I have two young girls. Actually, my youngest is going to turn three in December. So I've always kept coaching, but not like full-time because I wanted to be uh, with my, my daughters. But now that they're getting older, I'm getting more and more involved. And yes, I'm often at the center in Montreal with the junior girls or pros and um, also coaching privately. Um, and I really enjoy being on court. Normally, I really love to hit. Uh, I still enjoy, like, that's my way. I I get to work and get in shape at the same time and compete, I love the game. So, and that's how I feel I can analyze the the kids I'm trying to help the most when I see what they're doing and I'm in front so I can really have a good feedback that way. And uh, also I'm working uh, part-time for TVA sports, for television, uh, so I commentate uh, some of the WTA matches.
0: That, that's terrific. Um, you know, you've, you've been part of, I think, as you mentioned, the changing of the guard and, and how much tennis has grown in this country. Um, what can you say, I guess, today in terms of our future prospects? We obviously have so many young superstars who are already on the tour, but you working with juniors as well. What do you see for the future state of the game in, in this country?
3: Yeah, obviously, I don't like to name any juniors. That's, that's fair. I don't want to put pressure on any of them or set uh, expectations. I've seen it in the past, and I just want them to keep enjoying their tennis as long as they can with, like, just doing the best they can. But I just feel that with all the success that Canadian tennis is having, whether it's on the men's or women's side, um, it just brings it to another level where before everybody trained well train hard but now they believe they believe they can win grand slam they believe they can go far in tournament and actually they expect to go far and do well when they you know turn pro so um that so that makes it that there's no um uh they're not afraid you know there's no barrier mm-hmm. they just go through and they're not afraid of anyone when they go on court and actually big difference now is uh, even in junior tennis before uh, back in my time long time ago somebody would place a canadian players like oh canadian like not too scared right but now you play i think other countries they're like oh you're playing a canadian like be ready they're tough they're ready they know how to play so uh, that that makes a big like difference as well so but, yeah. yeah it's really nice to having them uh, just being able to to train and wanting to be really good you know they the expectations are high and uh, they want to be good and they they want to get there and uh, so it's a yeah big difference in the mentality i would say
0: yeah, and, and no doubt, as you said, I think uh, other countries and players are respecting Canada a lot as a dangerous tennis nation. I'll ask just one before you go, because um, he's been thrust into this role as the as the Billie Jean King Cup captain in place of Heidi Eltabach. Um, what do you think Sylvain Bruneau will, will bring to this squad? Of course, we've seen his coaching success at the pro level with Bianca Andreescu.
3: Yeah, what's great with Sylvain is he knows all the girls so well. He's like watch them go through juniors and now the pros. And he's, so he's been on court with uh, all of them. So I think he can really help them uh, bring the be- their best uh, for the Billie Jean King Cup. Uh, so yeah, he's lots of experience. He knows most of the top players as well, having traveled recently a lot with Bianca. So he knows how to play the girls, uh, the top players and to prepare our girls uh, tactically.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching and seeing how uh, we do. And I I think maybe it could work uh, to our advantage that uh, Canada is a bit of an underdog here. We'll see. uh, We'll see what happens because it's a group, I think, with uh, nothing to lose. Uh, Marie Eve, thanks so much uh, for taking the time and joining us on Matchpoint Canada this week.
3: Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime.
0: There you have it, my conversation with Marie-Yves Pelletier, um, who actually has a few ITF titles playing alongside Gabby Dabrowski in doubles, which is um, Wild to think, as I, I was looking through the statistics and these titles were going dated back to like 2010, 2011. I was like, oh, wow, we're already seeing like the fruits of the labor that Gabby Dabrowski's put in like early in her career. And now she's soared inside the top 10 of doubles. She's also played alongside Sharon Fishman winning titles as well. So if anybody really knows the Canadian tennis landscape, Marie v- Marie-Yves Pelletier uh, is certainly up on it.
1: Yeah And Peltier um, always answered the bell for Team Canada as well. She has actually the second most Fed Cup ties participated in amongst uh, Canadian women at 31, just behind uh, Alexander Wozniak, who has 36. So and I got to admit, I didn't realize that she had just you know represented Canada so many times. So great to have her, and uh, again, Ben, you were the uh, available one this week to get those great interviews in for us. Um, you know, Pelche didn't uh, you know hold any punches when she said that uh, the Canadians really have, have gone here from one of the best nations in the world, one of the favourites, to, unfortunately, without Bianca and Leila, uh, the, the underdog role. And uh, so that is a big shift for Canada. Not the only country to be affected uh, in this tournament with uh, not having their, their top, top players uh, present. Uh, but I think the whole Canadian squad is going in with the right mentality. And uh, as we mentioned earlier with Sylvain, who better to sort of steer them in the right direction, but uh, great to hear from a former player and someone who's still very closely involved with tennis Canada and the training of our, our young up and coming uh, players as well.
0: Yeah, look, um, and and she didn't want to name any names when I was uh, keen on wondering about some possible tennis prospects that doesn't want to uh, apply any pressure on some of her junior players. I'm sure as she's coaching at the national tennis center frequently in Mo- in Montreal, but um, I, I was just struck by how much I think the tone has changed when we just talk about Canadian tennis and the chances moving forward and the belief that is there, I think, probably amongst all these young junior players and our current athletes. And I, I think it speaks volumes when you say, if Bianca and Lalo were there, would, would Canada have the best roster here? Billy, any Billie Jean King Cup team? Like, that's realistic to say they would certainly, I think, be in the conversation for top three, right?
1: I'd put them as the favorite in this pool if they had the whole roster here, for sure. hundred percent. You know, maybe a little uh, Sharon Fishman in doubles with Gabby as well. (laughs) Yes. Um, But, you know, that's it. We've we've gone from, you know, perpetual underdogs in these kind of competitions for so long to feeling now that we're, um, I don't want to say entitled, but we're definitely, um, you know, we belong there, both on the men's side and the women's side. And uh, I think with those healthy rosters, there's going to be lots of good stuff to come. But uh, it is also great to see other players get this type of opportunity to step up. And, uh, you know, what I think from your interview with uh, Maria Peltier that really struck me was how she highlighted how these type of competitions are uh, so unique for some players to be able to have that team environment where you've got all the physios and the trainers and the coaching and, uh, and, and stuff that, you know, these players who are outside of the top 100 for sure, don't get week in, week out when they're traveling the tour pretty much solo, uh, maybe sharing a coach among a few of them. So uh, this is a great opportunity for them as well to uh, have some of those perks and to uh, support each other, to, to lean on one another and, and rep their country, of course.
0: Honestly, I'm I'm sure they they absolutely love it. As you said, it it can be a lonely place sometimes. I I think on on either the WTA or ATP Tour, you're just traveling often, not always alone, but uh, it it can feel a little lonesome, I think, going tournament to tournament for a very, very long calendar. So uh, it's always a great opportunity to embrace these team environments. You feel like you're playing for more than yourself, which I think is huge. And we just know, um, not just Canada, all these countries and their players are going to lay it on their line. They're going to give it their all. Um, Team competition brings out the best in in players uh, of that ilk. So that's what I'm expecting. It's coming up. It's starting Monday, November 1st, and Canada will lead against Team France. I see an opportunity there. Um, So they'll start there Tuesday, November 2nd. It will be Canada against the Russian Tennis Federation. And then this group will wrap Wednesday, November 3rd. It'll be uh, France versus the Russian Tennis Federation. So we'll see what happens
1: yeah Canada's got to go back to back the first two days, which uh, I wonder you know how that's going to play out for them, but uh, France does get the extra day off in between, which is uh, kind of nice for their scheduling, but maybe Canada just wants to keep going with the momentum, and I think probably better to start against France than the yeah. Russians, um, so we'll take that and hopefully be able to to build from it. Um, we'll definitely be sharing um, our our thoughts and reaction as the the tie commences. During the week, we've uh, already spoken with Rebecca Marino and Carol Zhao, and we'll be sharing those as competition begins our chats with them and how they're feeling heading into, uh, into battle, so to speak. And uh, yeah, hopefully some surprises there as we watch from back here at home and uh, good news to, to come when we wrap things up a week from now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited. I want to add in one little Canadian tidbit piece of news. Uh, This is from Jeannie Bouchard's Instagram live the other day. Uh, She said she had good news from the physio and the doctor that the shoulder is healing up quickly and she will be getting back on the tennis court in a couple weeks training again. So good news there for Jeannie Bouchard fans. Maybe if we set a timeline there, you think you're getting back on the court kind of November, maybe we could see her uh, early 2022.
1: Yeah. Hopefully in time for the start of the season, you know, everyone wants to come out of the gate at the start of a year and, and be healthy and not be sort of lagging behind and missing out. So hopefully the timing works to Jeannie's favor and gosh, the Jeannie army will be very pleased when they see their favorite back on the court, as will we, of course, she's been very kind to us on the podcast in the past too.
0: Yes, absolutely. Guys. Thanks so much for listening to Matchpoint Canada. We will talk to you next time.
3: see the sleep the rests upon the quiet street we're standing on is it time to go away try again
2: some other day Cause these are